This is the Minnesota Tim Podcast, and today on the Minnesota Tim Podcast, I'm excited to welcome on my next guest. He is my brother from another mother, but for real, he is my brother-in-law. He's a teacher. He's a grinder, works on cements and puts together stuff, and is a teacher, and he plays, plays basketball, coaches basketball, and he's an elite Minnesota Vikings mind, Nate the Great Birch. Welcome to the Minnesota Tim Podcast today. What's up? What's up? How are we doing? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah. Just got done teaching. Ready to go. I know. I'm impressed. You said three o'clock. So here we are at three o'clock right after you got done teaching. Um, so we want to talk a little Minnesota Vikings today. Um, yeah. We'll try to make this bi-weekly, maybe weekly. We'll see how today goes. You said you watched the Green Bay Packers game. Give me yes, some sir. of your takes post Vikings Packers. Were you impressed? Were you surprised at how impressed you were? Um, yeah. Give us an overall synopsis of the first game. Yeah. Um, thought, I mean, what a perfect, perfectly played game in a lot of different ways. Um, you got to love beating the Green Bay Packers, all, arch rival. Um, anytime you get that win is a good win. Overall, I would say, you know, you can't really look at Justin Jefferson's game and not think that was basically perfect. Um Christian or uh sorry, Kirk Cousins played real well. Christian Ponder? Is that what you're talking about? Christian Ponder. Yep. No. Yeah. Uh Christian Kirk actually did play well as well, but he does not play for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh Kirk played really well. Um the defense kept an era two time MVP to seven points. I know he had uh, you know, weaker weapons, but I mean he's really only missing his number one guy and and uh so fun to see that and um overall i was looking at some of the pro football focus grades and kirk was number three and all the quarterbacks just number one with a pass rush number one against pressure which is insane i never would have heard never thought i would have heard that um and then jj was number one and uh o'neill was number three so i gave a little pushback against justin jefferson's game people are calling him randy namas 2.0 and I know he had 184 yards. He had two touchdowns. But how much of it was Justin Jefferson blowing past a cornerback versus how much Justin Jefferson just went to the wide open area against the zone coverage? Because, I mean, it's not like he burned a guy or made a guy fall on his butt, but he was, what, 15 to 20 yards open at times. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And I think, I mean... It's hard to argue with the numbers right now, and I'm curious to see what teams do in the future because obviously you're going to have to game plan significantly different now. Um, new coach, I think he's going to be untouchable this year. Hmm. Really? Best receiver I, in football? I do. Yeah. Is he on your fantasy team? He is not. Okay. Do you regret that? You know, I had opportunities to pick him up, um, and I'll admit I was nervous. Part of it is I'm worried that if I take a Viking, I'm going to be cheering against other Vikings. If mm-hmm. Delvin Cook runs a touchdown in, I'm going to be upset that Justin Jefferson didn't get thrown the ball. Ah. So I don't like taking Vikings at all, except for the defense sometimes, because I don't want to end with, I want to cheer for them all. I don't like to have specified players. That's Justin Jefferson calling and he's pissed they didn't select him in your fantasy football draft. <laughs> Honestly, probably true. <laughs> probably true. 
Oh, man. So before the season started, I never actually asked you what was your um, season prediction for the Minnesota Vikings, and did that change after they dominated the Green Bay Packers? My original projection was 10-7. and seven. Um, That had a change, right? I mean, come on. And I have jumped to 12-5. and five. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. Why? 10-7 and seven because there's just always games that we're going to lose. I did not think... I thought both the games at the end of the year, Green Bay away and Chicago away, were going to be losses. Um, I thought we were going to lose one of the Miami Dolphins away and the um, Philadelphia Eagles away. I thought for sure we're losing one of those. Um, we're losing at Dal- or in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some games that I thought were very clear losses, and I thought we'd figure out you know, a way to lose one or two more, and we'd finish 10-7 and seven with uh, um, probably still win the division. But you know, be in one of those first round playoff games. After a game like that, I mean, the way both the offense and defense looks, I don't know if we'll lose a divisional game. It, mm. Obviously, losing to or playing in Green Bay is never easy. Second to last game of the year, it's going to be cold. And in Chicago, the last game of the year is never easy. That team looks better than. Uh, you know, in past years, I still think we're yeah. going to beat them. Mm. But I don't know if we lose a division game, and those are the two that I flipped. Hmm. Interesting. Do you mm-hmm. think that we could be potentially o- overhyping the Vikings after one game against the Green Bay Packers? I mean, when you think about it, we won 23-7. to Christian Watson dropped a wide-open touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. We beat Patrick Peterson by 10 yards. We had a goal line stand at the one-yard line. They took the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands and gave it to A.J. Dillon. Are you concerned that this is how the NFL goes, overreaction Monday, and it's been an overreaction week um, for Minnesota Vikings media, Minnesota Vikings players. They dumped O'Connell with the slime stuff from Nickelodeon today because Justin Jefferson won NFC Player of the Week. Do you think it's possible that we're overhyping the Vikings, and if they lose on Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles, you will be retracting some of these 12 and five record statements that you're making. Now, I still think we're going to lose either the Miami game or the Philadelphia game. Okay. So if we lose that game, I'm not, it's not, it's not over for me. Now, if the offense looks like it did last year and we got slow moving, we're not getting chunks. We're lots of three and outs. There's the ball's not moving and our defense is getting beat pretty handily and in different ways. And, you know, if we get beat on one long play, that doesn't affect me as much as if they're constantly chunking away. So if they're chunking away and we're not, then I'm going to feel a little different. But if we get beat, like they, they beat the Lions 38-35. Mm-hmm. If we lose 38-35, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think the Eagles are better than people are giving them credit for. A.J. Brown killed it. Um, Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. Their defense is not great, but serviceable. So I'm not over if we lose it, but it definitely depends on how we lose it. Oh, sure. That makes sense. I I would agree with that take. So are you telling me that, uh, you believe in moral victories? (laughs) No, I do not believe in moral victories. Are you sure? Are you sure? It kind of sounds like a little bit. No, I'm just saying I won't doubt them if we lose. I'm and still going to be upset. Because there's a little bit of a moral victory in there? Because I think that we are going to lose five games, and that's one of the ones I project. <laughs> let me ask it this way. Let me ask it this way. 
If the Vikings lose 38 to 35 against the Eagles, is that a little bit more of a victory than losing 38 to 7 against the Eagles? Um, <laughs> what, yeah, what, what was that? Can you, so, can you repeat what that first statement was? So, yes, it is better, but it's a loss is still a loss. Okay. Okay. I'm just wondering. Just wondering. It is better, though. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> Where do you fall on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon? You got people on the right that say he's accurate, um, places the ball on a dime. Then you got the people on the left that say he doesn't throw the ball downfield enough. Now, what we saw against the Green Bay Packers is probably the best version of Kirk Cousins that you're going to see. I mean, he could throw for three or four touchdowns at a game. He threw for two. Um, where do you mm-hmm. fall on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon? Oh, man, I, I can't argue that he's one of the most accurate in the league. Can't mm-hmm. argue that um, he is pretty consistent, especially without pressure. And apparently, he was great under pressure last week too. My only worry with Kirk is: Does Kirk have that it factor that's going to take us? You know that that down in the clutch, we need something to happen, and he's that guy that's going to make it happen. That's my only worry. And I know last year he had lots of fourth quarter drives that he took to took us all the way down and we either missed a field goal or we did this or that. And I know that him and Zimmer did not get along. So I'm not out on Kirk. I'm excited for him this year. I think he's got, you know, star power. I just worry about, does he have that next, that clutch factor? Hmm. If we flash back a couple of years, um, remember, you just said Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer didn't get along. And I would agree with that 100%. I mean, there was reports that they didn't even meet before games to preview and prepare for the matchup against the upcoming opponent. Kirk Cousins against the New Orleans Saints drew Breeze's final few seasons. I think it was his second to last season. Kirk Cousins threw a uh, won a playoff game against New Orleans in the Superdome. Threw a beautiful, like, what, 50-yard pass to Adam Thielen to get down to the one-yard line. And then I think Mm -hmm. on third and goal, he threw a little lob touchdown to Kyle Rudolph, uh, which ended the game in overtime. Mm -hmm. Yeah? I mean, do you think LeBron's clutch? I would say LeBron's clutch. Okay, because a lot of people would argue that LeBron's not clutch, but he has a lot of clutch shots. You know, now, Kirk Kirk will have moments that he, he looks clutch. I just go back to last year and I think of four or five games that we lost in, in last second plays. And I know there was different reasons, a fumble, a missed field goal, um, different things that happen. Yet we are losing those games, you know, and other teams are not losing that many games by one score. And you can attribute it to other factors, but ultimately why aren't we a little closer? Why didn't we do something earlier? You know, Mm. I just, I just worry about the consistency of Kirk's clutchness. I, it could be fine, and we could see a completely different Kirk now that he has a coach that like truly believes in him. We'll see. I do think that plays a factor, but um, that will be a that'll be a big thing to watch this year. Do you do you believe in KOC Kevin O'Connell? So he came from the Rams, offense coordinator at the Rams now. When he signed with the Vikings and we found out that he wasn't actually running the plays or mm-hmm. calling the plays for the Rams, I a huge skeptic popped into my mind. I'm like, this guy wasn't even calling the plays with the Rams. And yeah. now we're sign, signing him as our head coach. 
you know, how much was it KOC and how much was it Sean McVay? Um, but after the Rams opening, I mean, they just got pummeled against the Buffalo Bills. It makes you wonder how much KOC was involved offensively in preparing the game plan for Sean McVay yeah. to call those plays on yep. Sunday or Monday or Thursday. I became a huge believer in Kevin O'Connell after Sunday. Would you agree or disagree with that take? Sean McVay, there was talks, very, very little, but there was talks that he and Tom Brady would go do one of the Sunday or Thursday, Sunday, Monday night yes. footballs and get paid lots of money. Well, Tom Brady already signed with Fox to do yes. that after yep. he retires. If he ever does. And so, and so McVeigh was, was going to be hit, the guy with him. And McVeigh said, it's not going to happen. But he said, if it would have happened, KOC would have been my top choice to replace me. Hmm. Now, if McVeigh is willing to say that, I, I, that's a pretty clear sign for me that he is legit. Um, and then we go out there and we play really, really well in week one. I mean, we haven't played well in a week one in a while, so I'm excited. I'm really excited about that. And if I was a betting man, I, I feel pretty good about us at least making the playoffs. I'd say winning the division. Mm, yeah, um, that's a good take. I was thinking about the Philadelphia Eagles game, and before the season, I said that it would be a formidable chance of winning that game. But now after week one, I have much more belief in defeating the Eagles. I thought we would be a loss. You, you mentioned that as a possible loss either that one or the Dolphins, but I'm going to change my skeptic, my skeptical take on the Eagles matchup and make it a positive take. I think the Vikings will win on Monday Night Football. I am actually with you. I did a little... Re I mean, their offensive line is... or their defensive line is not great. Uh, they run the ball a lot. And I think that the strength of our defense is our front seven. Um, yes, and is. so I think it's going to be really tough. It's going to be a lot harder for them to run. They have four guys running a touchdown last week. I mean, that's not realistic for, for us. I don't, I hope not. I mean, <laughs> if we're as legit as we think we are, we should not be giving up four rushing touchdowns to four different players. So um, I think our front line will, will hold them back. And I think their defense is not great. They give up 35 points to the lions. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, we'll see. So <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine the Lions putting up 35 in too many games. That's the third most points scored last week. Yeah. Huh. One more quick thought on the Sean McVay, Kevin O'Connell comments that you made. I had a thought. I kind of lost the thought. So I transitioned to the Eagles. Now I, that thought came back while you were talking. So I want to deliver that thought right here. Could this be a potential... You know, you think you, you go back to those things where like, oh, what if Tom Brady stayed retired and never went back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Or what if Rob Gronkowski never returned? Or what if Belichick and Brady split earlier when they got into a fight in, I don't know, 2014 or whatever? Um, could the Sean McVay hiring with Amazon to do television or CBS or Fox completely change how the landscape, the future of the NFL, now that Kevin O'Connell is with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, you know, you talk about those splits. You talk about those signings, those woulda, coulda, shouldas, those maybes. Do you believe that this signing of O'Connell in Minnesota will change the landscape of the NFL for years? Oh, that's, 
That's bold. That's um, a deep question. That is bold. And I know I would have never thought that. Well, we look back can... at this moment and say, wow, if Sean McVay went to TV, we would have been screwed. Yeah. I mean, it makes you wonder who would have been the backup option for our coach, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, it, oof. <laughs> you know, I guess you don't, you never know, but that we'll see. I definitely think that that's something that in five years we can look back and say, wow, this could have been a completely different situation had things gone the other way. Okay, so let's finish up the Minnesota Tim podcast with Nate the Great um, with a new segment called Take the Bait. It's a question. Will Nate take the bait or will he pass on the bait? Okay, comment number one. Kirk Cousins will finish top three an MVP this year. I'm not taking the bait. I think Justin Jefferson. What? He's a receiver. uh, But who, I mean, look at the stats. He went for 180, whatever of Kirk's 277, Mm -hmm. 184. Who, who is, who is bet Who looked better in that game? Justin Jefferson or Kirk? Hmm. I'd say they both equally looked good. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, if if Justin Jefferson is going to have average 150 yards and a touchdown every week this season, who got more votes last year? I actually, I actually don't know. Stafford or Cooper Cup? Oh, that's a good question. I would say, yeah, I don't know. I'd guess Stafford would, but because Cup sure. won Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, that's always the dumbest thing ever when the MVP yeah. is like quarterback and then a different player wins Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, it's like a position player. So I guess if you're thinking that way, then yes, maybe it is Kirk. But I think Justin Jefferson will look better in people's eyes than Kirk Cousins at the end of the year. Well, with 18 game, well, with 17 games and 18 weeks in the NFL now, he has a great chance to set NFL records that's never been set before, which would help his MVP chances. Yes. Um, okay, take number two. Take the bait number two. The Minnesota Vikings win at least one playoff game this year. Taking the bait, baby. Taking the bait, baby. <laughs> Give me a playoff game. Okay. I'm in. I think we end with uh, top four. We have um, home field advantage, and we win that game. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Wow. Home field advantage. Okay. All right. That's that's beautiful. Hey. If we're going to finish 12 and five, we're getting home home field advantage there. Okay. Take the bait. Number three, Kevin O'Connell wins coach of the year in his rookie season. Oh, oh, now that's a good one. I'm taking. Ooh, man. Don't think about it too hard. I think. Mm. Again, I'm I am structuring this all off of us going 12 and 5 and just watch we'll finish 6 and we'll have five injuries and we'll finish 6 and 13 or we're 6 and 11. <laughs> so you just know that this is all going to go south. But if we are finishing if we're healthy and we're 12 and 5, he's winning he's winning coach of the year. Okay. Oh wow. All right. Take the bait number 4. The Minnesota Vikings finish with a top 10 defense. I can't take top 10, uh, top 15, like top half, top yeah. 16. 
I'll, I would take that. Well, that's why it's the bait. You know, there's a little yeah. worm on the hook. <laughs> no, right? yeah, you you got me, you got me eyeing it up, but I can't take top ten. Okay, okay. Take the bait number five and the last one: Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and KJ Osborne will be generally thought of as the best three wide receivers, the best trio in football. No. No, no, nope. I'm taking that bait. I'm going to go with, uh, I mean, I think you can look in Tampa Bay. Um, you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and I'm going to go Julio Jones there. They're always that's hurt, better. though. Chris Godwin, hamstring issues. But I bet you Chris Godwin um, in three weeks has as many receiving yards as K.J. Osborne. Yeah, Julio had more last last week than any what any second receiver we had so i mean we'll see i also think buffalo buffalo will be better trio yeah. than ours mm-hmm. now number 1 i think justin jefferson's going to be number 1 so he could carry the other two but to say that as a as a looked at trio yeah. i don't i don't see it do you remember the three deep posters with randy moss chris carter and jake reed yeah yeah it's kind of our own little version of 3D. I think even a player said that in training camp, like we're our own version of 3D. Okay, I lied. Take the bait, number six. Take the bait, number six. Nate Birch, Nate the Great, will win a fantasy football championship this season. Oh, Oof. Um, mm. in our fa- in our family league, it's it's my year, and really? I hope that I hope that Brian and Cole listen to this, <laughs> and they hear me say that I do feel that this is my year. I, I liked my draft. My first week, I had the high, high league, high score league, high score in the league. Um, I do have some other leagues that are not great, not looking as good as I was hoping, but in that league, I feel semi-confident. So, yes, I will win one. Who's your best player in that league? Who's riding the train? Who's carrying the load? Let's take a quick look. You want you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Let's let's break it down. I haven't been a, on a fantasy league in, I mean, five or six years at least. And Brian called me a little sissy for not joining it last year, but you know, I mean, it's true. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so, la- so we got um, Devonte Adams. That's a big big last week. Huge. Um, and Mike uh, Michael um, Pittman. So those two are my two, and we have a three wide receiver league. So my third wide receiver was Michael Thomas, is Michael Thomas right now. Um, but I have uh, DeAndre Hopkins waiting in the wings until mm. week six. Wow, that's uh, nice. So if I go Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Michael Pittman after week six, plus the Cardinals nasty. will be throwing it a lot too. I mean, they're yep. looking they're in a I mean, great division, and they're not looking ones. great. Yeah. Um, but my running backs, I have Aaron Jones, who I hope is great. Leonard Fournette, who he's always delivers. Yeah, he always gets he, but he gets hurt a lot. He does. But then I have James Conner, also gets hurt, but he catches balls and scores a lot of touchdowns. Um, and then Miles Sanders. So I have four kind of starting wide four starting running backs: Lamar Jackson, mm. and then George Kittle. Wow, you have a lot of boom players. You yeah. know, guys that can just go off, and then you yes. also have guys that could get hurt. But yep. I mean, if they yep. stay healthy, uh, I'm going to take that bait too. Number six, I'm going to say Nate Birch wins that fantasy football championship. 
Yeah, I hope the boys hear that one because that's the, that's the case right there. Yeah, we'll have to send them that clip. For mm-hmm. sure. Well, thanks for joining the Minnesota Tim Podcast. Week one of Nate the Great on the Minnesota Tim Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time after school. I hope we can do this again next week or the following week. Yeah, Tim, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that was fun.